Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back on the Foxborough Faithful podcast for week two of the NFL season. Before we get into week two, let's just do a quick recap from last week. Last week, our picks went nine and seven. So we're above 500. Uh, A couple of the games there could have went either way. Could have actually had that probably somewhere around 11 and five. Um, Got burned by the Lions. Definitely burned by the Lions with the drop pass. Uh, Got burned also by a last second field goal for the Titans to beat the Broncos. And the 49ers also choked that one away. Uh, And a couple of games that I just picked completely wrong. Um, The Eagles game. Listen, the Washington football team came back and handled their business. So we're 9-7, and and as they say in Foxborough, we're on to week two. So let's start with the Thursday night game. And as always, the podcast is published on Friday. So I'm not going to get too deep into the Thursday night game, but I will give you my pick. So I am on the record. So tonight it's the Bengals and the Browns. Um, I'm In this game, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals over the Cleveland Browns. I really, really like the way that Joe Burrow came out and played last week. Uh, solid debut by the rookie. Um, but again, he just ended up getting burned by the curse that is being a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's kind of difficult to kind of judge that. I do believe that, uh, after what I saw in Cleveland, Cleveland is still Cleveland, no matter who they change coaches with. There were some real boneheaded decisions in that game, which make me wonder really about the direction Cleveland is headed. I think they could be headed towards complete implosion soon. Um, and you could see trading. There's there's rumors going um, that are making their way through the Twitterverse about Aldo Beckham Jr. potentially being traded and maybe some other people. Regardless, though, I am going to say take the Bengals over the Browns. All right, moving on to the next game. We have Eagles versus the Rams. I am not making the same mistake twice. I am actually going to completely probably stay away from the Eagles for the foreseeable future. Um, listen, the Rams did a really good job against the Cowboys, like a solid job against the Cowboys. They were impressive. They handled things. The Eagles, on the other hand, how do you blow a 17 point lead against a Washington football team that in my previews and my other podcasts, I've said it's going to be one of the worst teams in football. So the fact that you made Washington look like a potential playoff team and let them come back really makes me nervous. The spread has actually gone down all week in this game. Uh, At one point, the Eagles were favored by two and a half points. Now it's actually down to about a point and a half in some spots. Um, I am going to say in this one, the injuries that Philadelphia caught up with um, has changed the 
viewpoint for me on this game. Um, and I'm going to say take the Rams. I'm going to say take the Rams in the game against the Eagles. Next game, uh, Panthers and the Buccaneers. Here we go again. Always picking against Tom Brady. Listen, do I, if I'm a Buccaneers fan, should I be worried about Tampa Bay? I wouldn't press the panic button yet, but if you see another performance like we saw last week from Tampa Bay, then I would definitely say it is time to worry because Gronk did not look like Gronk. Gronk looked like an 87-year-old version of Gronk, right? Not That is not the Rob Gronkowski Patriot fans were used to seeing I, until maybe at the end of his time, right, in that run in Super Bowl 53. Gronk was really beginning to slow down, but I don't think a year off from football helped him. I think Brady needs to get more protection. That offensive line is going to get him killed. I've said it before, and I will continue saying it again. The offensive line is going to be what derails Tampa Bay season. They brought in the rookie left tackle. He was a revolving door in that game. Now, mind you, he was going up against Cam Jordan, who's one of the best defensive pass rushers in football. But still, listen, I know the Panthers can move the ball. Okay, Christian McCaffrey, solid. Right, you have Teddy Bridgewater there, quarterback, solid quarterback. Um, I am going to say in this game though that the Panthers are going to beat the Buccaneers, uh, and the Panthers will move to uh, a slight edge over Tampa Bay in their division. So we're going to go Carolina over the Buccaneers, dropping the Buccaneers to 0-2. And Brady, for the first time since 2002, will have lost four consecutive games. All right, let's move on to Steelers and the Broncos. Listen, uh, the Broncos have talent. That's not. There's no debating that. They showed their talent in, their home, in the uh, home opener. They have a pretty good quarterback, young quarterback in Drew Locke. They have the receivers in Judy. They have other weapons on defense. Listen, the only problem right now is is that Ben Roethlisberger, who's not one of my more favorite quarterbacks, actually looks really, really healthy. And you know what? The Steelers' defense is solid. Their wide receiver core is one of the best in all of football. And they may just have something at running back uh, besides just John Connor. So I'm going to say the Steelers over the Broncos in this game. Let's go to 49ers and the Jets. So 49ers, Jets, Jets, worst team in football. No way, no how would I ever touch the Jets in any game pretty much this week until Adam Gase is fired. Once Adam Gase is fired, then we can talk about potentially the direction the Jets are going to head towards. Listen, you hear in some circles that if the Jets ended up getting the number one pick, they would go and trade Sam Darnold and then go draft Trevor Lawrence. Watch uh, somehow Sam Darnold end up on the Patriots and the Patriots turn Sam Darnold into a Pro Bowl quarterback. You could see that happening. That'd be pretty hilarious. And that would be such a jet doing jet thing. So in this game, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo, well, I don't know what more you can say about him other than he is an average quarterback. He is nothing special. He could be on his last legs in San Francisco too, right? Jimmy Garoppolo could be playing his way out of San Francisco. Um, so I'm going to say San Francisco will beat the Jets, but the score actually is going to be a little bit closer than what people think. And I'm actually going to put a score on this one. And I'm going to say 49ers, 24, Jets, 14. 
All right, let's go to Dolphins and the Bills, Battle of AFC East Rivals. Listen, from what you saw on the game against the Patriots, the Dolphins have a lot of work to do. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing interceptions all over the place, but that's a result of the Patriots having one of the best secondaries in all football. Buffalo looks pretty solid. They look like everything they were advertised to be, right? Josh Allen, his arm was pretty much in control in week one, right? You have a really solid defense led by Tredavious White. Listen, if Buffalo can keep rolling it together and win the games they're supposed to win, they will turn the AFC East into a competition between them and the Patriots. But as of right now, I need to see more of that each week from them. But even so, uh, I'm going to take the Bills straight up against the Dolphins and pick the Bills to defeat the Dolphins this week. Drop in the Dolphins to 0-2. And unfortunately for Brian Flores, just dropping his overall career record lower and lower and lower, which he doesn't deserve because, in my opinion, Brian Flores is one of the top three young NFL coaches in football. All right, next game, Colts and Vikings. Listen, the Colts lost on Sunday, and that was probably, in my opinion, one of the worst losses of week one. Okay, Um, they destroyed the Jaguars defense. At one point, you had no belief that the Colts could lose that game. Listen, the stats show it. The Colts ended up getting 445 yards on offense compared to only 241 yards of the Jaguars. And on top of that, never punted the ball once the entire game. If that happens, there is no reason you should ever lose a game. It, Phillip Rivers does look old. I'm not denying that. But he was able to make that team go up and down the field. And they worked well. The Vikings, extremely disappointing. But they did come back in the second half against the Packers. They looked a little listless in the beginning. Kirk Cousins needed some time to get himself going. I'm actually going to say in this game, I'm going to pick the Colts over the Vikings. Lions-Packers. Lions-Packers. Don't you just love seeing certain football matchups? Like, certain football matchups just sound good. Lions and Packers. That's old-school smash mouth NFC North football. So, again, the Lions are the most dysfunctional team in all of football. Only the Lions, only the Lions would come all the way down the field in a fourth quarter, throw a game-winning touchdown pass to have a rookie drop the ball. Listen, what Swift did was unexcusable. He has to catch that pass. The Lions have to win that game. And then you got Matt Patricia, at head coach, who's just seeing some of the most ridiculous statements you will ever hear to the press, talking about how, oh, do you know what I have done in a fourth quarter, implying that he's the reason why Malcolm Butler went into the game, when he knows and every fan in football knows Belichick is the reason why that that defense runs and if Belichick once wanted him in, he'd go in and just at this point, you really are starting to wonder how much longer Matt Patricia really has in Detroit. Packers looked really, really good against the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers was throwing dimes. The one touchdown right onto the sideline was just a throw that only a quarterback of Rodgers stature can make. Listen, I don't know if the Lions are going to learn anything from being blown out. Right. 
so I'm actually going to go with the Packers over the Lions. Let's put a score on this one too. So we're going to put a score and we're going to say in this game, we're going to say Packers 31 and we're going to say Lions 17. Giants Bears. Listen, Giants looked like a team that was starting to go somewhere. But I don't know what Joe Judge is at head coach. You still kind of wonder what's going on over there. Now, with that being said, they still have Saquon Barkley. Jones at quarterback looked the part. He looked the part. He looked like he grew up. He looked like you could tell definitely that he put on the muscle mass. You could tell that he was putting some time into the weight room. Listen, the the Giants are going to be an average to slightly below average football team this season. It's just a matter of if they can get hot and what can they build so they can get stronger for next year. The Bears, on the other hand, had without a doubt one of the greatest comebacks I've seen in a long, long time in a fourth quarter. If they didn't have that comeback, I don't know how you start Mitchell Trubisky ever again. I still wonder how Mitchell Trubisky has his job. Sometimes I think he has some superpower or he's like some mastermind villain who's able to keep that job. So if Trubisky can play like he played in the fourth quarter, then the Bears will win this game running away. Right now, the Giants are favored by five and a half. I mean, the Giants are given uh, getting five and a half points. It's a pretty big margin right there. I'm going to pick the Bears. Um, I'm going to pick the Bears to win. But if I was betting, I would take the Giants over the Bears and give those points. All right, Titans, Jaguars. Um, Jaguars. Listen, Jaguars. The Jaguars are surprisingly good. Gardner Minshew balled out. Gardner Minshew had one of the best games for a quarterback in, I believe, NFL history. Through 19 out of 20 passes, I believe, or something along those lines. It's insane when you really think about what he was able to do in that game. Um, I don't know if he can continue to provide that. Titans are going to feature the heavy run game with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is an average quarterback who's getting paid money to be a like top-end echelon quarterback, which we know he's not. Listen, the line in this game has gone down. In the beginning of the week, the Jaguars were double-digit underdogs at the start of the week, and the line's gone down. Listen, that doesn't mean that the Jaguars are going to win. <laughs> I'm still going to pick the Titans over the Jaguars in this matchup of AFC rivals. Cardinals and the WFT, Washington football team. Listen, Kyler Murray is making me a believer. I was not a believer in Kyle Murray, a quarterback. I, I thought his stature was really going to come into play in the league and that he wasn't going to be able to make certain throws, but the throws that he can't make, he makes up for in his ability to scramble and to move in the pocket. And he's smart when he does it. He doesn't take the unnecessary hits. He knows when to go out of bounds. He knows when to go down. And he knows how to adjust when necessary. If I am Washington, I am really, really worried because outside of Chase Young on my defensive line, I really don't have much else. I, uh, you just don't. Chase Young looked the part, right, of a worthy number two pick in the draft. Listen, until proven wrong, I'm picking Arizona pretty much every single week. And I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals over the Washington football team. 
Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Houston Texans because that is without a doubt the dumbest franchise in all football. They're uh, Bill O'Brien. I still don't know what he's doing. This team needs to find an identity. I, if I'm if I'm Deshaun Watson, I, I keep saying, why the heck did I re-sign with you? Why why would I sign? I mean, outside of giving me all the money that you've given me and and all these record-setting contracts that quarterbacks are getting now. If you're Deshaun Watson, why would you re-sign with this organization when they're going to continuously put out this coaching product? Okay. Flip it around. You have the Ravens. If I'm the Ravens, I'm coming to this game and I'm saying, Lamar Jackson, do your thing and continue to play like Madden is a real life thing and not a video game. So I'm going to take the Ravens over the Texans. And I don't even think this one's even going to be close. I think you, I think there's potential in here for a monster blowout of somewhere around, let's say, 28 to 7. I, I really do fear for Houston in this game. Chiefs and Chargers. Listen, if I spend more than 30 seconds telling you what Kansas City does well, then I've spent 30 seconds more than I should have. You know everything that Kansas City is. And until somebody proves it otherwise, Kansas City's best team in football. So at this point, you're playing the Chargers. Chargers, Tyrod Taylor still just holding down the four until Justin Herbert is ready to go. Chargers looked okay. Not great, but they look pretty solid. I'm going to pick Kansas City over the Chargers. Listen, right now, Kansas City's favored by eight and a half points. I would even give those eight and a half points, and I still would pick Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins this one going away. Let's go to the Monday night game. The Monday night game, we have the Raiders and the Saints. Listen, the Saints beat Tampa Bay, but I did not like anything that I saw out of New Orleans' offense. Something just didn't look right with Drew Brees. I don't know if it's just that he's older or something. Maybe... I even wondered at one point, and I had seen it floating around on Twitter as well, too. Did it look like Drew Brees got shorter? Because that's what it looked like to me. I don't know. I have no idea why it looked like that, but Drew Brees just looked extra shorter to me. Listen, New Orleans' defense is going to be just fine, right? Led by Cameron Jordan, that defense is going to be fine. Um, Listen, if Michael Thomas is not going to play for New Orleans, it makes the game a lot more closer than what I think it would have been naturally. I'm not a believer in the Raiders. I'm sorry. The Raiders have speed for days at their skill position players. But I'm going to go here and I'm going to say take the Saints over the Raiders. uh, And I'm going to say that that particular game is going to, that's going to be a high scoring game. If Michael Thomas plays, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, I think it's not going to be as high scoring for the Saints. But we'll see where it goes. All right. That brings us to our game of the week, which is on Sunday night, which is our Seahawks versus Patriots game on Sunday night football. And for this one, we're going to head off to the Foxborough Faithful fan line for some phone calls. Hi, my name is George, and I'm a Denver Broncos fan. Today, we're talking about Seattle and the New England Patriots. Well, we have two explosive quarterbacks that scrambles as well as throw a completed pass. 
with all the weapons on both sides, should we look at the defense? Well, we have the Patriots. They were awesome against Miami. But are they good enough to stop Seattle? I don't know. It's a tough pick, but if I'm to choose one, I would take Seattle to edge off New England. I hope not. I would really like New England to win. Well, time will tell. Until next week, enjoy the game, because I know I will. It's a really good one. Bye. Thanks for that, George. I appreciate it. So, what do I think about this Patriots-Seahawks matchup on Sunday Night Football? Well, to me, this really comes down to a couple of really crucial ideas. The first is, is that you have a mobile quarterback in Cam Newton who ran for 75 yards last week. Do the Seahawks allow Cam Newton to run wild like he did against Miami? If the answer is yes, then Patriots have a real good shot in this game. If the answer is no, then we're going to get our first real look at whether or not Cam Newton can use his arm to help lead the Patriots to a victory. The second big piece here is there is no crowd in Seattle. Absolutely no crowd in Seattle. So that takes away the home field advantage edge for the Seahawks. Because we've seen in games before how that particular fan base can create seismic level activity inside that stadium. And them not being there, that's huge. Especially still for a Patriots offense and a Patriots defense. That it was particularly, let's go back to the offense, particularly a Patriots offense that is still learning how to work together. And the third piece, and this is the piece that actually scares me more than any other piece, is what are the Patriots doing at kicker? I don't even think the Patriots really know what they're doing at kicker. I think they crossed their fingers hoping that Justin Rohrwasser would be okay. I'm beginning to wonder if it's possible that Rohrwasser does have a, uh, a leg injury of some kind, and maybe that is why he wasn't kicking as well in training camp, and why the Patriots were able to bring him back in put him onto the practice squad and are keeping him there until he heals up. If it comes down to Nick Folk having to make a kick to win the game, I don't know how much confidence as a Patriot fan you can have, whether or not Nick Folk actually makes that kick. So with all that being said, if we look right now at what's going on, the Patriots for the first time in, I believe, 63 games are an underdog in a game, which is just mind-boggling, mind-boggling that the Patriots have gone that long and been a favorite in every single game. For the first time, they are not the betting favorite in a game, and rightfully so. But I am going to put myself out on a limb, and I think, I think that in this game, in my preview and my prediction, I had put this down as a loss for the Patriots. And I will stick with that as much as it hurts me to say. I think the Patriots play well. I think Seattle, though, plays just a smidge better than the Patriots. And I think the final score ends up being something along the lines of 
24 17 24 17 is what i predict for sunday Night football seahawks moved to 2-0 patriots moved to 1-1 but it is going to be a good showing for the patriots and could potentially spark them down the road just how in 2001 when they played this the st louis rams and that sparked them even though they lost that game it let them know hey we can hang with the big boys and that my friends is our week two nfl matchup All right, just want to say thank you from us here at the Foxborough Faithful Podcast for taking the time to listen and to be part of our football family. I appreciate you. Hope you feel appreciated as well, too. Uh, we'll be back next week for our week three NFL picks, and we'll talk a little bit about what we saw happen in the New England Patriots Seattle Seahawks matchup. Till then, Take it easy, y'all, and I will see you next week. Let's go!